This is the Alex Podcast with your hosts, Hebrew Usher and Deacon Manitazik. Welcome, have your pen and paper ready. Welcome back to another episode, episode 4, I believe, of uh, the Elex podcast. Tikon Asha here, I'm joined by Tikon Manatazak. We have uh, been discussing uh, the topic of holiness. We would like to bring closure to the topic and maybe summarize what we've discussed. Before I continue, um, I'd like to give order to the Most High and also welcome Tikon Manatazak. Tikon Manatazak, welcome. Hey, shalom Tikon. All praises to the Mosai and shalom to the brothers and the sisters. Thank you. Okay, thanks, Deacon. Um, I think over the, the first three episodes, we're discussing in terms of the format of the show, how it's going to continue. And we realized that this topic of holiness is going to be quite broad. However, uh, what we discussed, Deacon Manatazak and I discussed in the last episode, is that what would be better is to summarize this topic uh, of holiness and to conclude it. But our conclusion then we can look at different aspects which we can further delve into and and see how we can explore those one by one one of the topics that Deacon you, you explained at great length the last time was um the topic about the world system which is i think on its own it's, it's a topic because it's not just about separating for the world from the world system there's a bigger aspect of understanding what the world system is and that is also a topic which we identified as something that we can always come back to. What I think we can do is always just note down what are the topics that we say are for future discussion and we can then come back to them. And it is also something that would be beneficial to us is getting feedback from all our brothers and sisters who are listening to see what is it that they would prefer or would uh, want us to go deeper on and discuss in, 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 in great length. So in this episode, I will just take a few minutes uh, I don't want to. I don't want to specify how many. Uh, just a few minutes. Do a summary of what the conversation has explained and what has been our discussion thus far, and we can then uh, look at where we go, where we go from uh, from here. And I think that will give an idea to all the listeners out there, all our brothers and sisters who are listening, in terms of what we want to do and what's the direction that we want to take with the show. And we'll welcome their comments, as I've already said. But uh, let me get straight into it, Deacon. If we can read in the book of First Peter, chapter one, verse number fifteen and sixteen, where we found our key, our key passage talking about holiness. First uh, Peter chapter one, verse number fifteen to verse sixteen. But as he which had called you is holy, so be holy in all men of conversation. Verse sixteen, because it is written, "Be holy, for I am holy." Really, the key point here was explaining that holiness is a manner, when we talk about conversation, it's a manner of life. That, that, is, the, uh, that is the key message that we wanted to, to draw to everyone who was listening to all our brothers and, and sisters. That as part of our Hebrew culture and our Hebrew lifestyle, part of the customs that, oh, that were given to our fathers, the statutes, the, all the laws, the judgment, they centered around a part of holiness, which is... The holiness according to the Most High or the life that the Most High intended or intends even uh, until this day for us to live, which is quite key because we did mention that uh, holiness can have different definitions according to different people and other people can have 
a definition of holiness according to their own perspective and according to their mind, or let's say according to how they were brought up. So where we went from here was just defining holiness. And one of the best uh, definitions or the most uh, accurate uh, definitions that we looked at both in scripture and also looking at Strong's Concordance was in the book of Leviticus chapter 19 and John chapter 17. But if we can, we can start in, in Leviticus chapter 19, talk about holiness as a sanctification and a separation. The last time we read, Deacon, we read verse number one and verse number two. Uh, yes, Deacon, uh, there's something that you mentioned, which I would just like to add on. When, when you say uh, this is the custom of our, that we receive from our fathers, the reason uh, we say our fathers, it's because the Most High is the Most High of our fathers. So our fathers, they took it from the Most High. And when you're talking about our forefathers, we're talking about Abraham, uh, Yatazakak, and Jacob with whom the covenant of Israel is established and their seed. So we are the seed of those forefathers with whom the Messiah established his covenant with. So it is it is their custom and then it is, therefore it is for our custom. That's, that's all I wanted to just mm. add on that. You said Leviticus 19? Yeah, Leviticus 19. But I think uh, it's a key key, uh, input to to mention that when we speak about our fathers, we're speaking about our fathers in the covenant. You mentioned Abraham, Isaac, and and Jacob. Um, Yes, uh, can we please read in the book of Leviticus chapter 19, verse number 1 and verse number 2? Verse number 1 to verse 2. And Ahiah spake unto Moses, uh, Shemaiah, saying, Speak unto the unto all the congregation of the children of Israel and say unto them, Ye shall be holy, for I, I the Lord, your Allahim, am holy. All right. So one of the key things here is that this message, as we mentioned, didn't start here. Uh, it didn't start in when I say here in the book of First Peter chapter one, but it's a message that comes from way back when our fathers were separated to say that now. They shall be holy, for the Most High himself is holy. So learning a part of holiness uh, or learning holiness is something that comes from the Most High, and it is passed on unto us. And when we, we looked at this book, I think we spoke uh, to, at great length in, in terms of holiness and looking at what holiness is, and we spoke about the sanctification that is in holiness and the separation, because this is a message as they went out, to say you shall be separate, you shall separate yourselves. We talk about a lot of separations. One topic maybe which is not for now is even just when you're talking about customs, the way you you, you were taught to separate and learn separation from, from our households in the kitchen, in the house itself, in our gardens, in terms of people. So a, a life of separation of things or a distinction and a sanctification according to the way they were ordered from creation is quite important unto us because that's how the Most High created it. And we did, uh, as while we're reading here the last time speak, that this separation or this uh, holiness is a a separation and a sanctification, which we see being manifested as well again when we read the book of John chapter 17. Uh, I think there, Tikon, we read John chapter 17. Maybe we can start verse number 17. But what I'm saying here is there's a message which we saw when our fathers came out of Egypt and they were separated from the Egyptians, commanded to leave the customs of the Egyptians, the lifestyle of the Egyptians, other uh, the, the gods of the Egyptians and other works which they adopted 
when they are sent also into Canaan, which is maybe not something we touched on the last time specifically, but when they go into Canaan, there's also a commandment that they should not learn after the ways of the heathen. I think that we do know as well, especially when you see part of the laws uh, of fornication, which our fathers are taught or commanded not to walk according to in the book of uh, Leviticus 18, just one chapter before. It's they mustn't learn the customs of the heathen because they are separated people. So where are you coming from? You come out because uh, you are separated, you are sanctified, you are made holy. Where are you going as well? You are separated, you are sanctified, you are holy. So you don't come out and to mix yourself with other people. And we'll see that message again in the book of John chapter 17. Uh, John 17, 17. Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. All right. So this sanctification here, which says, comes from the word, and the most I speak unto Moses and says, command the children of Israel. That's the way that has, has been commanded or has been given to us as a part of a sanctification amongst many other laws. But then we see that even now we are sanctified by the word, which is the, by the truth, which is the way of the most High that is given unto us. But what we see clearly here is that Christ makes a distinction that there is the there are people who are in the world. And these people are separate from the disciples who follow after him. The disciples who have learned of Christ and have learned from him don't walk according to the ways of the heathen. So, Deacon, if we read there, let's read maybe from verse number 9 and we'll go down all, all the way until verse number 16. Okay, verse number 9. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. Verse 10. And all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. Verse 11. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. Verse 12. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name, those that thou hast given me I have kept. And none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Verse 13. And now I come to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in them. Verse 14. I have given them thy weight, and the world had hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Verse 15. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. Verse 16. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I think here, Deacon, what is quite clear is, is the distinction between the disciples and the world. I would implore all brothers and sisters, I think if anyone is listening to this uh, episode as the first episode, if they can go back and start from the beginning, for the simple reason that you know, I'm I'm not going I'm not going into great detail here because I'm doing a summary. But we, we want to build upon a sound doctrine. So a summary is is useful as a part of a remembrance to bring our minds into recollection. As you can see, I'm not going in depth in terms of all the scriptures. But one distinction that I am making here uh, in verse number 14 would be the distinction between those that have received the word, which are the disciples believers, even us today, if we receive the word, as part of verse number 20 was a request from Christ for us, we have also received the word. And in the res in the reception of the word, what happens is that we are supposed to be separated from the world. This is the sanctification that we're talking about. There's a separation. Now, although verse 15 says, I don't, he doesn't, Christ didn't pray that we're taken out physically out of the world. However, 
we are distinguished from the world system. We're distinguished from the people in the world. So there is a manner. Remember when we read First Peter 15? In all manner of conversation. So when we're talking about conversation, now be you holy in all manner of conversation. That is the part of being, of coming out, the separation and the sanctification. So I'm, I'm I'm just summarizing that part to understand the definition because we, we spent um, a great deal of time talking about the definition of holiness being a separation. And I think it's going to come out because we're going to talk about actions. And one of the things, because the last time when you were reading, we did also discuss at length was in the book of Second Corinthians chapter 6, uh, chapter six uh, talking about or a command that we see from the Lord that says to us, come out, come out, come out. And that distinction now, we're talking about two things. Is there separation receiving the word? You have to come out in your heart, but you have to come out in your works in, in, in your works as well. There's works of separation to show that you don't walk according to the spirit of the world. So if we read there, I, I don't, I'm not going to read the whole passage, but we did read the book of Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 14 all the way to verse number 18. And we said, Christ doesn't have fellowship with works of, of darkness, and neither should we. But what we need to understand is, from the heart we receive the message and we come out and then we enact it. However, let me just, let me just ask you, Deacon, to read for us in the, in the book of Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 16 and verse number 17. But chiefly, we're focusing on verse number 17. Okay, Second Corinthians 6, verse 16 to 17. And what agreement had the temple of the Most High with idols? For ye are the temple of the living, Allahim. As Allahim had said, I will dwell in them, I will walk in them, I will be their Allahim, and they shall be my people. Verse 17. Wherefore, come out from among them and be separate, said the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. So there's a condition of reception here. So if we, we, we need to receive the word and for, for the Most High, for Christ to receive us and to accept us as their own, we also then need to do a fulfilling part, which is separation, separating ourselves from any evil works or any works of darkness. And verse 17 makes that very clear. Wherefore, come out from among them. This is a command. This is, separate, this is separation. Uh, this separation we can refer to as Holiness. This is our life. So basically what we did summarize is this definition we see being encompassed and uh, encompassed and from this because we read in the book of Genesis chapter 12, although we're not there, but we, we spoke about him as well as a, as a father, as we're talking about the, our fathers, Abraham being one who we learn from. And what we did learn clearly here is that Abraham believed uh, in the words of the Most High and having believed in the words of the Most High, he separated himself from the world. He separated himself from his father's works. He even abhorred his father's God to such an extent that he left his family and took only those who believed. Uh, Lord and his servants and his wife were those who, who came up with him, going and sojourning into an unknown land because this was a command that they understood that to be accepted before the Most High, it is necessary to separate yourself from certain works, even including works of our own flesh, and works in our own. So I think that we, we went to a great deal there in the first two parts, Deacon, explaining those you know, those two key points before we moved on to talking about being conformed and, and, and talking about the works of the flesh. Yeah, I think what is important uh, um, that you've just mentioned now, it's to separate from the works of your own flesh. And before you can separate from 
from them. I think we can draw that lesson from Abraham. When you read the, the part of the very same account from, although we didn't read Hebrews chapter 11, uh, we read Genesis chapter 12. There's a very same account there in Hebrews chapter 11, which I would like to read on my side. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 9. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. So what we can take from here is that it happened by faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the words of the Mosai. So this is part of sanctification. So Abraham believed, meaning he separated from his own work before he can separate from the world that the Mosai was taking him from or from the people that the Mosai was taking him away from to sanctify him, to set him apart. So he separated by faith, meaning he believed in the weight. So the weight is able to tell you what you can separate from, meaning you must separate from your sins first. You must separate from your own works of the, of the flesh. All those works, those are the first things that you must separate from before you can, you can want to make a decision to separate from other people. It doesn't help if you separate from other people and yet you share the same works in your heart. Uh, with those people. So you must separate from your own works first before you can separate from other people. Before you, you, you can say you must come out. That must be led by the way. It must happen through faith. It must not be happening under your own efforts or by your own works to say, I, I just want to separate, but you have not separated from your own works. You can't separate from other people. So there's no reward there. So I think we can learn that lesson from Abraham. Uh, that's like a very important point that you're raising, and I think one of the things we, we discussed maybe just before starting this show was a feedback from um, from one of our brothers that who gave us feedback, and maybe it's something I would like to circle back to, uh, the part of separating from your own works before, you know, you, you uh, before we can talk about even other forms of separation that one may even want to, to explore, even teaching others to separate. So I think I'll, I'll, I'll note, I'll, I've noted that down and I'll, I will keep it at the back of my mind because I think it is quite important to discuss. But in terms of from where we went and just to, to summarize uh, the last part, really, I think this is going to be short and then we can we can move on to the feedback, as I said, from our brothers who listened to, to the earlier episodes. We, we spoke also at great length about others, which maybe I'm not going to dwell into. Uh, talking about covetousness, but how really we, we, we got there was understanding that we are not our own. And we, we read in the book of First Corinthians chapter 6, but as we're reading there, what, what also came out clearly was the fact that we need, to be con- we, we, need, we need to be renewed in our minds so that we don't conform to the world system. And thereby we're able now to, to separate ourselves from the spirit of the world or from being led by the spirit of the world and now go to be led by the Spirit of the Most High. I know we read, I think, the, the two passages that I can clearly uh, uh, highlight now are Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, and Galatians 5. Uh, I think anyone who wants to read from can read from verse 16 to 23. However, I want to also take the same message that we, we spoke about then and, and, and highlight it and summarize it under the context of 2 Corinthians chapter 6, which is uh, the book of Ephesians chapter 5. We can uh, read there. I think it's a message which, let's say, is congruent and it agrees to what we spoke about, although we didn't necessarily read the book of Ephesians chapter 5. However, I think it is still the same message. 
we maybe we can start from uh, verse number six until we get to verse number fourteen. Okay, Ephesians five verse six to fourteen. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of the Most High upon the children of disobedience. Verse seven. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. Verse eight. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the in the Lord. Walk as the children of light, verse 9. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, verse 10. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord, Yeshua, and have no, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them, verse 12. For it is a shame even to speak of those things that are done of them in secret, verse 13. But all those all, all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Verse 14. Wherefore he said, Awake thou that, thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Now, I think, although we didn't read this passage, and specifically maybe why I'm, I'm coming here, as part of a summary, I think it, it distinguishes between one uh, which is righteousness, and the other, which is unrighteousness, and we're talking about light and darkness, and um, the works, of, the works of the uh, or, or the spirit of the world and the spirit of the Most High. Clearly, we can distinguish and we can see it, which is going back again, cementing uh, the founding, uh, the founding message when we started in First Peter chapter one about be holy. So we see that this manner of holiness. It includes or it, it refers to all our lives or our life aspects. If I read here verse number 13, uh, it says, But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, meaning the light also when it comes, it distinguishes something for whatsoever does make manifest. So the light also starts when it comes in, and we're talking about the word. Uh, if we're talking about the light, we can talk about the law, we can talk about the scriptures, we can talk about the word, the statutes, uh, we can talk about the judgments. When it comes through, the light starts to shine, and clearly what you can see is where is the darkness. And I think from a practical perspective, we can all understand it, although now we're talking about, I think Second Corinthians chapter 4 can, can give a clear account of this, that now we're talking about the light being uh, Yeshua, Christ himself, who, who shines the light in our hearts. What happens here is that when the light shines, you can see a clear distinction between what is in the light and what is in darkness. And that's what holiness is supposed to do. The learning of scriptures for us needs to create the light in our hearts where we can start to separate and clearly see which are the works of darkness, which are the works that, are, that fall under or form part of the spirit of the world, and now to also understand what belongs as or what belongs to the most high as works of the light you know when you read verse 8 it says there for you were sometimes darkness but now are ye light you have been separated you have been made holy you are the light no it doesn't even say you are in the light but you yourselves you are the light so you also are shining because why your life is a life of holiness others they can see the holiness it is manifest it is clearly distinguished the same way our fathers, when they walked through, they were known to say, these are the children of the Most High. These are those that come from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and they were known among the nations. So Deacon, just there, I think, was just my quick summary of all the, the aspects to say from the definition, which we talked about, uh, moving with the definition, explaining its, its uh, 
key aspects and how it applies in our lives and going really directly when we went to Galatians chapter 5, looking at the works uh, themselves, which are works that go against holiness. I think maybe that is a on a high level, uh, the message where it was going, although it's not complete, but as we said. Yes, based on verse number 13 uh, that you were reading now, that what is made manifest is the light. The light don't make manifest. That one, um, I would like to add, it's the weight that uh, shines that light uh, to give an insight between what is right and what is wrong, or between the light itself and darkness. So once you've had that insight, now it becomes your responsibility to choose what you must do. This light is showing you for the purpose of acting on what you have been shown, and that is actually faith. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the ways, but the faith without works is dead. So you must understand that with faith, there must appear works, the works of faith, not the works of the law. There's a difference. There are works of the law. And now there's works of faith. So the works of faith are the ones now uh, that are going to make you see the light. Once it has showed you what is it that you must do, then you must follow that path. And in that way, you start living the life of holiness by actually following the weight. Another thing uh, that is on this passage, which is very important, in verse number 14, the very next verse, it says, Wherefore he said, Awake thou that sleepest. And arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. The, the, the important part to arise from the dead. Okay, this, this is the part of arising from your sins. Because the sins, they kill. Or people are dead because of sins. Uh, you, you'll remember that that is the reason Christ was manifested in the flesh, to destroy the works of sins, meaning to raise people from the dead. He demonstrated that by his own life where he was put to death, and then he was risen again. That was a, a symbol for us of the life that we must live, that we must die from our own sins. How do we die from our own sins? We die while we live in the flesh by separating from those sins. Once the way that showed us what are those sins, what is sin? So you must understand what is sin, and then you can leave sin behind. That is the part of dying. And there's nothing um, nice according to the flesh about dying because that means now that this has to affect your own flesh. This has to affect your own flesh, meaning you have to suffer in your flesh. It's part of dying by living what you have always known um, as to be your life. So that is part of dying. And then once you've died, meaning once you've separated from your own sins, then Christ will give thee light. So this is the part of holiness. So you understand the light and holiness they go hand in hand. That is all I wanted to add, Dikon. Okay, Dikon, I think uh, very well understood. And obviously, I think the, the next part also relate, uh, relates um, uh, very well with what we've been discussing so far. But um, obviously, <laughs> I think one of the things we don't have yet, uh, is, uh, and maybe we'll never have it, but we don't have it yet, I can say. We don't have a facility to, to, to play back recordings. I think even our recordings, as we do them now, it's... Uh, we we're making uh, we're making do with what uh, what is is available and what would have been nice is for me to uh, to play back the feedback that we received as well and we could discuss it. Uh, however, this was just a voice note that I received um, uh, from one of our brothers. Uh, I can summarize some of the points. Two aspects which he mentioned, and this is an analogy. Deacon, you can have your viewpoints, which is I think you will have your viewpoints. But he made one analogy when he he said to him. 
he understood holiness and this message and listening to the podcast what it did is it it, it cemented and it created a, another understanding of um holiness looking at it from a, a lifestyle perspective and to encompass our whole lives and he added an analogy that says he takes it as when you you go to a company and i'm referring now to first peter chapter 1 verse number 16 16 uh, 15 and 16 and say he which has called you is holy and he said it's like going to a company the company has a mission and a vision and you who goes in and as an employee you need to fit in into the mission and the vision of the company it's not that there are no other mission companies with other missions and visions and if you take the analogy and you look at it according to the most high what is what essentially it is is the most high commands holiness because that's who he is and that's how he builds his nation and when we go that's the the, the mission and vision that we need to align to and i i, I had a scripture that came to my mind as as he spoke that and uh to just to firmly bed down this idea but i think when you look at it from a, a mission and a vision it, it's very it's very important to understand that we are the ones who need to transform our lives to do what the most i want the most i has already established what his kingdom should be and what he wants his kingdom to be he's established what he wants from people who intend to be in his kingdom and who desire to be in his kingdom it is not a matter of our opinion and it's not a matter for debate and for discussion but rather it's something that we need to look at and say does it align to our value systems and we look at the word and the word teaches us so that we align our values to what the most high commands because if we can read the book of first Thessalonians chapter 4 verse number 1 and verse number 7 i think it it, it summarizes that because I, i look at this vision and mission and i i talk about it as a calling there is a calling that we are called unto as Hebrews, as Israelites. Can we read that, Jacob, verse number one and verse number seven? Okay, verse number one. Furthermore, then, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Yeshua, that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk, and to please the Most High, so ye would abound more and more. Verse seven. For the Most High had not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. A key point maybe in, verse, in, in the first verse today is that there is a manner we ought to walk, which has been uh, determined, it's predetermined. We come in and we receive the knowledge of the scriptures and it already teaches us a manner in which to walk. So this is what we're saying is the fact that we receive the scriptures now, it's not an excuse if we receive the scriptures and we had walked as, as Christians all our lives and we say, well, we want the truth to fit around our christian beliefs or our whatever even if it's not christianity i mean we always make reference to christianity or often make reference to christianity but it's not necessarily christianity even others who who have who believe in ancestral worship others who are in occultism and many other beliefs there's a mission or there's a way which we ought to walk which we see there we, we need to receive it so we need to receive what is what is given to us by Christ and walk in that manner because it says in verse 7 and I think what I'm going there referring to the calling for the most has not called us unto uncleanness but this but what it says it says but there is another calling which calling is that it's a calling unto right, uh, holiness so what we're saying is there's a whole calling of holiness meaning if if someone says I've been called they need to understand that part of that calling and that code is is founded or that calling is founded upon holiness 
You cannot be called and say you're walking according to the will of the Most High, doing the will of the Most High, being pleasant to the Most High, uh, being a servant of the Most High, or whatever the case may be, to fulfill a mission if it excludes um, if, if it excludes holiness. And I, it, it's it's a part of checking that you don't deceive your own self and your own heart to say you're doing the work of the Most High, yet you are not able yourself to to be holy. You call to be what the Most High calls you to be, not to negotiate with Him to say what can I be, which is still going to be pleasant to you. Yes, yes, Dikon. Um, I think that analogy of a company it's it's a good one. Uh, no one walks into a company and try to change the criteria of his employment. So you are assessed even during interviews and the selection and the recruitment process of the company. There's a predetermined criteria that you must fit into. You are assessed according to that standard. So you can be successful based on how well do you meet that standard. So it's the same thing with the Mosai. The Mosai is predetermined holiness to say, this is holiness. This is how I want the people that I call to holiness to be. So you must conform. You must transform now through hearing the weight. You transform to be part of that holiness of the Mosai. I think that is very important. As we hear the weight of the Mosai, so they change you. The Mosai doesn't change because of people or the Mosai doesn't compromise his weight. The, the weight speaks of him not changing He's the same yesterday to today um, and, and tomorrow. It's going to be the same. And then there's a part of Christianity. Okay, I would like to mention that um, Christianity is, um, we're speaking about Christianity as a religion, as part of the, the Roman Catholic, and not based on the teachings of the Bible. So because Christianity is a religion. So this is not the religion that you are, that, that you are preaching. We are preaching the customs of our forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Then there was no Christianity. They were living according to the customs that the Messiah taught them. They were living according to the law. I think people, they adopted the term Christianity and made a religion using the Bible out of um, under the name Christianity. So that is um, also an aspect that I would like to point out. Hopefully, um, as we hear us talk, we'll, we'll always be making reference to say in Christianity, in Christianity. So we that is what we mean so that you don't get confused as we go along. There's another part that also Deacon uh, made an example of in terms of um, the unbiblical uh, part, which is um, ancestral worship. So we'll speak about our forefathers. We'll speak about uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and all the other forefathers that uh, walked according to the Mosai in fear and in a perfect way. Maybe sometimes we won't be speaking about Ab necessarily only about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We'll make reference to David and we'll make reference to all the other people that walked um, before the Mosai in fear, including the apostles and the prophets. But the part of the ancestral worship, worshiping the dead, we don't believe in that. So when we say our forefathers, we do not mean the dead um, that now we are bowing before uh, Abraham uh, or we are bowing before um, David or bowing before uh, Isaac and Jacob. But we're saying this is the example that they set for us. They are our forefathers. They've set the example that we must follow. They were able to achieve 
that predetermined criteria of holiness that the Mosai had set in front of them. To us, this is an example. I think Hebrews chapter 11, verse number one, sums everything, everything up to say, I think it's chapter 12, verse number one. Seeing you have this cloud of witnesses, so they are the cloud of witnesses that we learn from, so in terms of moving forward, but it does not mean that we worship the spirits of the dead, or we worship uh, Amazos, as they call them, or Bodimu. So that is not part of our doctrine. It's not biblical in that way. Okay, Tikon, I'll, I'll hand it back to you. Okay, no, I think, uh, Tikon, that's a very good point that you just raised there. And uh, it's, I'm sure definitely that it's going to be something that we'll discuss in future. Uh, I think the second point, which um, is something that you mentioned, but what I will I want to propose, Tikon, and I mean, we don't have to make a conclusion now. It's, um, you know, when I was we're talking about the mission and the vision or the calling, there's a mission, there's a vision that the world has, referring to the world system, which is a part of covetousness, so that people are covetous so that they can buy into the world system. And how it ties in maybe with the second point, which is about ha having the ability or being in a position where the world, the world has helped you first before you can help others, is that um, I, I put it in a simple in, in a simple manner that says, if someone knew that something that they're doing is not right and it's not beneficial for them and there's a better way out there chances are they would have chosen the better way out there but the chances of choosing something that you don't know are almost zero so you will always continue with what's advertised and in this context if what's being advertised is the world system and you consider yourself as a teacher what you will definitely do is teach people the world system because you don't know of the righteousness that exists. And when it comes to righteousness, there is an importance to be a perpetual and uh, a student of righteousness and to continue in perpetuity to learn about righteousness and separation and grow in separation from certain works, even if something is hidden now, but when it is revealed, to grow in that and say, even these are works which I was not aware of, but now that I am away, I need to separate myself. I need to sanctify myself and I need to move my, my, myself out of it. And in so doing, teaching others then the same thing and teaching others to do the same. So all I'm saying there, just tying back to what we spoke about, and I'm, I, I think in the, the book of Matthew 15, 14, although I won't read it now, I'm cognizant of, of our time, which is which is uh, really run out, but it, it's about the blind leading the blind, that if someone doesn't understand holiness, the chances are uh, that they will not be able to teach others the same. They will not be able to teach others to be holy. We saw it with Nicodemus as well when Christ was speaking in the book of John chapter 3 about, um, was speaking to him about being born again. And he, he, wasn't, he didn't understand. And Christ asked the question that, are thou a, a, a teacher? You know, so the, the, really the question there that are thou a master of Israel and knowest not this thing. So are you a teacher? Are you a leader among the Israelites? If you as a leader don't know these things, then you will not be able to impart that the knowledge of those things to other people. So you need to be able now to to walk in even everything that everyone has learned now and what has been taught before they can go and teach others. They themselves need to make sure that the works that we spoke about, the works of darkness, the works of the flesh, they have left those works because others may come tomorrow and say, I'm struggling with this and I'm struggling with that. How do you become holy and how did you become holy? And that may be a struggle for those people because they have not become holy themselves in that way, becoming uh, hypocrites and Pharisees.
Yes, Decon, uh, I see the time. I don't know. Uh, it feels like we've been 10 minutes into this conversation. Uh, I don't know how the time uh, escaped. Um, okay, I'm not sure now in terms of time, uh, how, how are we going to be doing? But there's an aspect that you mentioned that um, we must learn holiness and we must grow in holiness. And to me, it came a scripture in the book of Second Timothy, you know, even though I'll just read it quickly on my side. And that from a, from a child that was learned, the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Meshach Yeshaya. So, um, so you grow from there, even though you are old, you become a child, so you unlearn whatever you, you thought you have known, and then you learn holiness from the Mosai. So the Mosai is able to teach an old person, as we made an example with Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a, um, a teacher, a teacher of the Jews, but as old as he, as he was, he needed to be born again. His heart needed to convert and transform and be the one of a child so that he can start to learn the Holy Scriptures meaning he can start to learn holiness from the scriptures and to make him wise unto salvation. So in so doing, uh, there, in so doing, First Timothy chapter 4, verse number 16, this is what is going to be fulfilled. Take heed to yourself and unto the doctrine, continue in them, for in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself, which is very important, and them that hear thee. You cannot save other people or to us to tell other people about holiness, whereas you are not have or you have not achieved that holiness yourself. You must save yourself, and then you will see to save other people, meaning to share with other people, which is they will learn from you, which is, is the verse before that. Meditate upon these things. Give yourself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear unto all meaning walk in holiness in all men of conversation so that the other people also, they can learn from you the example of holiness that you've learned from the scriptures yourself. Yeah, Tikon, I think we could speak for, for many hours on end. Yeah, it's, it's the unfortunate reality when we come to, to, to the end of, of each episode that the time, is, the time has run out and we, we wonder where has time gone. <laughs> Uh, to all brothers and sisters who are listening, I just want to implore you, if you have not listened to the earlier episodes, if you can go back and listen to them, uh, just to give context to what we're speaking about now. And I think even in future, we will most likely refer to other discussions that we that we have already uh, had before in, in previous episodes. So we would want to encourage you just to go and uh, be diligent in, in, in the weekly episodes and listening to them and following up. And if there are any questions, I think what we need to do, Deacon, we'll probably discuss that, but um, we, we probably have to set up a platform that discussions may be asked. And in future for all brothers and sisters, and I think maybe by the ending of this episode, it would have been done, episodes will be available not only on, uh, on, on the platforms that provide for podcasts, but what we'll also do is we'll have it on the elect website, the elect.co.za. I will repeat that, the elect.co.za. If you go to explore more, you can see all the episodes there and you'll have a short synopsis and you can listen as well. But what you can also do is you can uh, post questions uh, to us there. And if there are also other mediums where will be available in future, uh, which we are not exploring at the moment, other platforms, whether it be Facebook or uh, whichever mediums would use, 
then I think we'll we'll open those up as well for for posing questions. And maybe what we can do is have one session where we answer specific questions in terms of what is important to you and what is important for your growth and for your spiritual maturity. So I think from my side, I, I would like to just give uh, honor and uh, praises to the Most High once more for this opportunity that is given us. And also salutations to you, uh, my brother, Tikan Manatazak, uh, for this episode, trusting that the Most High will keep us. All praises to the Most High and shalom to the brothers and sisters. Uh, shalom. <laughs>